1: any
2: disease
0: what's up it's way up with Angela Yee I'm Angela Yee and it's a wealth Wednesday and my partner Stacy Tisdale is here
3: happy wealth Wednesdays everybody and we are very excited we got some real sister power in here today
0: yes Dawn Hendricks is here hello everyone hi Dawn how are you I am doing great how are you amazing not as amazing as you've been doing, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we are
3: just talking about some of Dawn's recent successes, which you'll hear all about. She is the co founder and CEO of FM Talent, which helps people, helps companies find talent, find mm-hmm. workers, and it also helps employees. And Dawn built this multi million dollar business with a fr- girlfriend by themselves. And when she started doing it, she had a five year old son who's right here and it's his birthday and he's now 25 (laughs) yeah so this started 20 years ago absolutely and
4: she you had a full-time job i did i did and i was going to grad school full-time so yes my plate was full you did it all
3: question number (laughs) one how
4: i have to say i just had a really strong desire I knew what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a purpose for the business that my uh, co-founder and I had. Um, I knew I needed a a degree or a master's, um, you know, to really be taken seriously in our space. I thought that having that credential was going to make sense. And I really wanted to create a legacy and a future for my family. So for me, the way I did it was, one, the doggedness and the... um, real desire for the service, and also my my tribe, my family. My parents were my anchor. They helped me significantly picking him up, you know, dropping him off, and all of the things that we needed to do to, you know, maintain our, maintain our life.
0: For people listening, can you talk about what FM Talent is? Sure. FM Talent is a recruiting and consulting firm. So we
4: provide traditional recruiting services, so perm placement, Um, temporary staffing and uh, recruiting outplacement. So if an organization wants to outsource their recruiting arm, we would be the organization to do that. And we provide management consulting services. So being in the D.C. metro area, we provide government contracting in the areas of financial management, grants management, and human capital strategy.
3: You started FM Talent. You had a full-time job. You said you had a full-time six-figure job. You're taking care of your son by yourself. But you saw a need in our community to no one was really helping us prepare to get jobs. Nobody was teaching us about the workforce. And that's really what inspired the company.
4: Absolutely. So, you know, being a recruiter in a Fortune 50 organization, I had the opportunity to meet with a lot of young people that I thought were extremely talented, but really just needed a little polishing. They needed someone to really just um, share a a better approach to show up a little differently Mm -hmm. so that they could actually close the job so that they actually would be considered so it really wasn't about skill set they had the skill set they had the ability just no one had taken the time to really just pour in those extra nuances and being on the corporate side you really don't have the ability to do that right you know it, it you just you just can't and so I saw that there was an opportunity that we could really be consultative in our approach working with mm. you know our community people of color people that you know really needed that connective tissue for, you know, landing opportunities that they didn't ordinarily have access to. So that was really kind of the birthplace for fm talent or the launching off place for for how we got got started and what we wanted to accomplish.
0: You know what I see this being a parallel to in the music business, right? When labels want to sign artists But then artists don't have, like, the coaching or the media training, kind of like how Motown used to be, Mm -hmm. where not only are they helping to develop this talent, but they're also making sure that they have everything in place so that when it's time for them to get signed or get a deal... They feel extremely comfortable, and they go in there polished and ready to go. And so that's exactly what we're able to do. So we have the relationships with
4: the organizations to be able to place them. We're able to give them that mentoring and coaching to just kind of equip them and get them ready to be successful when, when they're
3: able to, to, to get the opportunity. So, your background is you were a dancer, you were on Broadway, <laughs> you had all this stuff, and you got this job. What did you know about starting a business? Nothing. So, I, <laughs> absolutely like, nothing. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
4: nothing. I mean, I will say that I am a third generation entrepreneur. So, my grandfather owned a very successful um, trucking company in the D.C. metro area. My father followed in his footsteps, maybe not as successfully as my grandfather. And and so I was the third, uh, you know, to, to do that. But, yeah, I mean, I thought I was going to be a professional entertainer. I was traipsing around the country, dancing, doing shows and, and things like that. And when dancing behind Master P no longer was fulfilling.
0: Was just, <laughs> it wasn't? Hold on. You were dancing <laughs> behind Master P. P? Oh yeah, you didn't tell me the Videos
4: and all of the things, and
0: <laughs> you know, I was a trained dancer, so I was
4: like, ah, th- <laughs> there's got to be more. So uh, I came back home. Wait a minute, Massive, By the way, <laughs> name, the entrepreneur yeah. that he is. For sure, for yeah. sure. I'd love to meet him. I have some pictures <laughs> with him. So, um, but yeah, I uh, I came back here and um, started working for a major organization, Fannie Mae, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, started at the ground level and uh, was really trying to navigate my way. I'm very type A, so when I see opportunities, I want to go for it. And uh, (laughs) I realized that my trajectory was going to be um, really as far as someone wanted uh, to allow. And so when I saw that there was an opportunity for us to kind of put our spin on recruiting and consulting, I, um, my business partner and I, and he—it's he, a guy. <laughs> <Him. Okay. laughs> so, but my business partner and I, we kind of, for two years, just kind of nurtured this idea and figured out how we could do this in a way that was sustainable.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You guys were self-funded, right, when you first started. So talk about that process because a lot of people are like, I have an idea. I want to start a business, but how do I get it off the ground? Right. So we
4: were self-funded. We, uh, you know, like I said, took the two years. So we uh, were saving up money, making sure that we had a little cushion because we did not take salaries um, for the first couple of years we were in business. I know that
0: feeling. Yeah. I mean, you just (laughs)
4: I
3: mean, you just have to do what
0: you have to do. Um, you know. Everyone else gets paid before you. Like, Absolutely. I don't get paid, but every, everything else has to be taken care of. Don't
3: you hate that? Um, well, I guess a lot of coaches will say always pay yourself first sometimes you
4: just can't it's the great paradox people look at you because you're the business owner they think that you're taking all of the cash but really you have to take care of the business and the people first I mean you you yeah I mean if you want to have a sustainable business so um so yeah
0: so yeah, trust me. Take- in my business has—I haven't made personally a dollar off of it yet. But you know, there's always a period of time that it's going to take until you can reach. When you reach that break-even point, you're like, okay. That's one milestone, but then everything else still goes back into the business even after that. And
4: that's exactly I was just telling my son about retained earnings and how I put the money back into the business
0: mm-hmm. because there Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is high blood pressure education month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat One of the most important things is having our voices represent us. And that's why black representation in media means so much to me and also to the black community. When things happen with current events and entertainment and politics, it is so important that we are speaking for ourselves and not have other people place a narrative on us and who we are and to tell those stories from our point of view. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts.
4: So many things that are unforeseen that happen that you need to prep and plan for. And so, you know, when you go into this, you have to go into it for the long haul. It can't be for the the Patience. Gucci bag. You're both yeah. very I mean, patient you know what I mean? People, yeah. Well, because you're looking Methodical. for sustainability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think you have to think of things, you know, from
0: from that long term aspect. What's the balance also between making sure that you show up looking like you got it also already? <laughs> because some people feel like when I go to these meetings or when I'm pitching, I have to look like I'm the parts. You know so there is a balance of making sure that okay I'm giving off this appearance like I got it but I also want to make sure I'm honest yeah. about what's really going on
4: I think you know you have to be your authentic self um, when you show up and I will say this and this may not be popular um, but for me I'm in a client services business Business, And so it's important that I show up in a way that is modest and humble mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm looking for people to be able to uh, or want to work with me and want to give business to us. Sometimes people look at you and make um, preconceived notions. And so I don't want there to be any barriers that limit that for for me. Um, so, you know, I think coming and being. hmm polished professional not over the top um, has really been um, I guess my formula
3: and you all had early, the reason I thought it was a, a woman who was your co founder is because you, I know you benefited greatly from being minority owned and woman owned. Yes.
4: So, um, the
3: certifications.
4: Well, we were minority owned. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not become woman owned until I bought him out in 2018. Oh. So, but having that minority owned designation, that 8A designation, because we were 100% black owned. Um Is 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 what we what we did
0: now. I, OK, so you talked about buying him out in 2018. So what did you have in place that you were able to do that? Because I also think how you structure a company to be able to, when you're in that position, figure out how can we move forward? What happened that you said, I want to buy him out? And how were you able to do that? Was it was it difficult to make that happen? So this was pretty
4: easy the buyout if I'm being honest he told me so he wanted to uh, retire and mm-hmm. be bought out and so um I think I got that word in September and the buyout was completed by January twelfth. Okay, not bad. So I mean it went really, really fast. And so I think if you have your operating agreement in place mm-hmm. for you know so and important. Absolutely. And you know our attorneys told us to start the business and unwind it at, you know inside that agreement. So how are you going to 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 unwind that the the business when it comes time really important. for that it's like a prenup. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is and I wish I had one. <laughs> But but yeah, it was it was it was pretty simple. So as soon as he told me he was ready to go and we talked about whether or not that made sense, we then had to go get a valuation to see what the business was worth Mm -hmm. um, and to see what the purchase price would be. Had to. We had uh, relationships with a banker, mm-hmm. and so uh, we were able to get that pushed through pretty easily. And because we um, minority owned, we were able to get some guaranteed funding or uh, backing from SBA. So they okay. guaranteed our loan or my loan. And um,
0: amazing. That's it.
4: Yeah, it was. It was. It was quick. It was fast. It was easy.
0: That's. So this is twenty years for your business this year. So can you talk about early on like some of the successes that you had that let you know if this was going to be a successful and viable business? Yes.
4: So I mean, I would say that we had really early success um when when we decided to take the plunge, uh there were a lot of things going on in the marketplace where they needed services like ours. So uh, when I actually left, um, Fannie Mae became our number one client. And nice. And they, they were going through some things where they needed a lot of consultants. So um, we Boom. took off like gangbusters, right? We already had a relationship. Yeah. They already knew what we were able to provide. And so they gave us a shot. And so we were really, really grateful for that. That kind of landed us with Freddie Mac, then Discovery, then Mary. Yeah, I mean, we were getting all of these That's large amazing organizations that were leveraging our services. So, you know, the first few years were were wonderful. I mean, I think we had gotten in 2008, we were
3: up to about 6 million. But 2008, ba-dum-bum. Was <laughs> yeah. A so, year for all. That was see, a year
4: the then the bottom fell out of everything. So, the financial crisis hit and the services and the organizations that were leveraging our services didn't have the spend for for that any longer. So all of the people that we had working in those organizations, we had to, you know, kind of, they had to leave those projects, and um, and people were not continuing to, you know, renew those types of uh, contracts and relationships. We weren't even making any perm placements, and so um, we really had to sit down and figure out how are we going to remain viable. I mean, mm-hmm. our families. I was a single mom. And you know, my business partner, he was head of household. And so it's like, how do we continue to take care of our families in a sustainable way? And oh, by the way, we've been having a lot of fun doing this. We can't go back. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we, we can't go backwards. And so we decided to pivot. And move into the federal government space. So, because that is people driven and that is what we had been doing.
3: DC, good place mm-hmm, to be.
4: Absolutely. We decided to take the show on the road and start to, you know, position ourselves inside the federal government. So, we had to get smart really fast yes. on how the government procures services, which is completely different from anything that we had done in the past. And um, we used all the state you know, agencies and things, of uh, technical assistance to help get us ready, and we, we jumped into that space.
0: Now, it, for a period of time, uh, DEI was very popular in the workplace, and now a lot of places are trying to get rid of that, right? With diversity, equity, and inclusion, there were roles, people were uh, appointed in these different organizations and corporations, and now it's kind of like fizzling out. Supreme so how is Court. that? It's an affirmative action. How has that affected business?
4: So our business hasn't been affected by that. I mean, the organizations that leverage us are still leveraging us. But I will tell you, this is a major issue that is going to have long-term consequences. I mean, you know, the history of this this country is built on us having to put these things in place so that we can have some equity. Um, I think organizations are really going to suffer not having... Uh, diverse pools to leverage, you know, they recruit heavily from universities. And so if we're not putting those things in place for them, I think it will be uh, a challenge. Um, I'm also the board chair of the Greater Washington Urban League. And uh, organizations like that um, really need to call leaders to the carpet, making sure that it is not just a talking point, that we're not just, you know, doing something to tech chick, tech chick, check the boxes. (laughs) Like, can I get the words out? (laughs) To check the box, but really making sure that they are putting a plan in place for how they are managing around diversity and inclusion. And uh, organizations like ours are... Specifically called in to make sure that we are giving diverse slates of candidates. So if people are having issues with finding placement, using an organization like ours is a wonderful way of getting your foot in the door.
0: Yeah, and studies have shown that companies that have diverse leadership definitely do well financially, better financially Absolutely. than those without.
3: Absolutely. And it's a, I mean, reality, Phil, we were talking about our children and our sons and my son's generation is the first generation that is Minority majority, yes. So the world is turning. Changing. The world is changing color, and companies have to get with that. Absolutely. But uh, Angela, staying with what she brought up about DEI, it was a bit shocking for everybody. People post George Floyd. They loved black people. That's right. They gave us grants. They <laughs> gave us jobs. That's they gave right. us money. We had clients. Everything, and then it was just like the brakes stopped on that. So someone who places people in jobs, give our audience some tips on how they, as people of color, we should be conducting ourselves on our job search.
4: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think I want to go back, and this isn't self-aggrandizement, but I do think organizations like FM Talent that place people is a wonderful way of getting your foot in the door um, for for organizations um, that just putting your resume on the job search uh, or their website may not provide you the same types of results. Because organizations, so someone can
3: go to you and work with you.
4: That's right. They can go to us. They can work for us. Or they can go to us to help us place them inside the organization that they've been, been seeking. So we have relationships with those organizations as well. And so that's the reason why our tagline is Bridge Builders, because we are creating uh, opportunities for people to engage in ways that they may not ordinarily be able to engage with that customer. And so we can advocate for them as well in ways that just posting your resume on a random job board will not give you the same level of attention for that you deserve. There's so many things that you can't really be teased out in a resume mm-hmm. that if you have a relationship with an organization such as ours, we can speak on your behalf around the things that we know are really critical and important about that position and how that candidate lines up with that. So I do think, you know, I don't think that there's a, a perfect answer to this one because it really depends on who's making the hiring decision, right? Right.
0: Um, Can you walk us through for our listeners what it's like if someone wants to come to FM Talent to find out about getting placed in an organization that they feel like they're qualified for, what you guys would do for them, how they would come to you, just so they know how the process works?
4: Absolutely. So if you go to our website... You can see, which is is www.fmtalent.com. And so we have a career tab that lists all of the positions that we are hiring for. And we bifurcate it from working on a contract with FM Talent or working for one of our customers. Mm -hmm. So we break them out. And because we are a national organization, we break it out by jurisdiction as well. So if you're looking for opportunity in New York, you can find the New York opportunities. If it's in California, you can find the California opportunities. And so once you put your resume in there, we're doing a couple of new things now with technology, with video recruiting. So we will have a couple of questions that you can answer and uh, let us know a little bit more about you. And then our recruiters will follow up and take you deeper into the recruitment process for the specific job there's, you know, if it makes sense, it lines up with what our customers are looking for. And we believe that Uh, there would be a viable match there, then um, we kind of move them into the process with that customer. Or if it's for us, or if the person isn't great for the opportunity that we were looking at them for, then we'll line them up for another opportunity that may better align.
0: Oh, What about lining up with like any type of training or things like that, too, for people that maybe, like you said, aren't right for the opportunity that they want? Is that something also that... Is provided. Yeah, so the
4: training that we do is uh, less workforce development for people coming on from the outside. In our training, is more for employees that are already inside the organization, and Mm -hmm. so we take them through a myriad of uh, training. It could be technical training with software. It could be, you know, soft skills. It could be leadership development. So
3: we have that, Um, but that's like I said, more for internal. So you're kind of matching and monitoring. We are. That's we that's are. a great resource. So we've got we got you guys a job. Back to how you built this business. Yeah. <laughs> you recently got a thirty million dollar contract. Yes. And- okay, that's a celebration. <laughs> yes. and as we listen to um, <laughs> your story, it was going great and you pivoted in two thousand eight. And a lot of times we all you know, we hear so much about for entrepreneurs have a business plan, have this, have that. Those are all great things. Yes. I'm an entrepreneur what I envisioned and what I planned and what (laughs) really happened look like two completely different books. So um, talk to us about the importance of pivoting and also Mm -hmm. when that happens, not feeling bad about it. Yeah, I I
4: don't think you can feel bad about it. I think the only way that you lose is if you quit. Um, I think you should make, I think it should be factored into your plan that change is imminent and we have to be flexible
0: Head on over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
5: any disease.
4: Things happen. Um, Gosh, throughout my whole career, I think things have kind of gone a little differently than what I expected.
3: Not dancing behind Master (laughs) P. (laughs) No.
4: Well, I guess, yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's like, that's a big, that's a a big pivot. That's a pirouette. That's all all of the the things. things. Yes, 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 yes. So, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think we have to be flexible and adaptable. There are so many things, and you know, in the external marketplace that we cannot predict. And so I think if when those things happen, when those obstacles happen, we have to view them as opportunities and see how we can continue to add value in the space that we're playing so that we don't become obsolete. I mean, we've seen this so many times. I mean, there's (laughs) countless stories about people that didn't want to pivot and they just wanted to push forward with their agenda, and they're not here any longer. I mean, I don't want to name organizational names, but I'm sure a few come to mind when you're not flexible in your mindset for how you're going to do business.
0: Well, speaking of moving forward, let's talk about AI and the use of A.I. for what you do, because it feels like that would be something that could really help you uh, even more. Absolutely. A.I., I mean,
4: you know, I think there are people on both sides of the the coin on this. But for us, it is a way to make us um, source candidates a lot faster. So it frees up our recruiters significantly um, more for once people have been vetted with the core, you know, competencies that, you know, a customer may need or that our project may need, then the recruiters can kind of go in and start really digging deep for, you know, the hard and soft skills that make sense for landing that job. So I think it's a wave of the, of the future. I think it's wonderful, done, and used properly.
0: It's not going anywhere. It's not. So you it's have definitely to figure not out. not going anywhere. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I use it even in my day-to-day. I mean, it's... Like, like an email, like, oh, yeah, I need to say it like this. And I mean, in two seconds, it just spits out exactly what you need. So
3: it's really changed the workplace. The workplace has changed dramatically since the pandemic. We've had, you know, virtual. We've had the great resignation. We've had quiet quitting. We have all these different things. What and just from your vantage point, what are some of the big shifts and how does that approach how? You go for a job. A friend of mine was telling me her son went for a job interview a few weeks ago, and she couldn't believe he went to his interview in jeans. Yes.
4: Yeah, I haven't caught up to all of that. Let me just say that I'm still, I'm, I'm a different generation, yes. so I really need to get my mind wrapped around it. But I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we know this virtual reality is the reality, us working in a hybrid or fully remote is the wave of the future I think gone are the days of people working hundred percent inside the office nowadays and I think we have to figure out ways that we can um still get done the things that we need to get done where our workforce is still productive inside a space that you know um they have
3: they want balance
4: so I don't really believe in the, I don't believe in balance. I really,
3: I think we have to,
4: and so I'm going to just wordsmith. I'm going to call it work-life integration. I think when you start trying to fix and make this balance thing, I think we're
3: setting ourselves up for um, I take Okay, I completely take the word balance back. <laughs> um, well, I, I will rephrase it Um Generation Z has seen their parents work 50 hours a week. They've seen the toll it's taken <laughs> on their relationships. They've seen the toll it's taken on their parenting. They've seen that even if they did it perfectly and saved and did all their 401k matches, they still don't have enough money to take care of themselves until they're 90. So it's really gonna be their problem. Yes. And they look at it and they want to do it completely differently. Yes, I it totally makes sense. But they're still trying to get jobs from baby boomers yeah. who think Differently. that's yeah. ridiculous. So how do you navigate that? How yeah. did they navigate that space? Yeah.
4: I mean, I think that the, I think everyone is just going to have to reframe their thinking. I mean, the baby boomers, I mean, we have four generations in the workspace right now, have boomers that work for us, Gen X like myself, millennials, and the Zs. And so, you know, we cannot be monolithic in how we think about doing work. It's not. That's not gonna work today. I think we have to meet people where they are. And I think we have to figure out, specifically as business owners, what is the priority. So for me, the priority is getting things done in a way that, you know, drives the culture that of excellence that we are trying to move forward. And so it may not look the same way consistently throughout the organization. I think we have to be Flexible in how we approach uh, people. I think um, you know there are some people that are going to. I have some people that uh, kind of go off the grid a little bit during the day, but as long as they meet their deliverables, you know we're we're okay with that, right? So I I think organizations really have to, now, if you're in a customer-driven space where you have to be available for the customer, you have to do what the job requires. And so, but I think we have to, the point I was trying to make is that I think we have to um, think a little differently in how we're going to get things done today. I, I don't think we can only be one way.
0: You know, one thing you talk about is the importance of mentorship and coaching. Mm. And that's something I've seen people debate about online, right? Because there's a lot of people out there that call themselves coaches or that are offering, you know, courses and different things that may be not qualified. Mm. So when we talk about mentorship and coaching, how is it that you go about finding the right mentor or the right coach?
4: Yeah, I think... um So I've always had a coach. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I wish I could say I did it in a methodical way. Um, I stumbled upon, you know, the first one just through, you know, relationships, a network. Referrals. Referral, you know. I mean, and then I, uh, right now I'm a part of a Vistage group, which is a a group of CEOs. And we have a coach that kind of chairs that Vistage group. And that has been really phenomenal in my growth and navigation as a business leader. Um, I will say that you, I believe, I believe that it is really helpful to have uh, someone that can help you uh, see your blind spots, someone that can challenge you in a way to take you deeper in um, how you're doing your work or, you know, just, just making you think differently, make you think deeper. I think you get to the better ideas. Uh, that way, so I mean, I, I think that also having a trusted advisory group, which would kind of get at how you find these people, because I don't think there's only one way, yeah. right? I think there these people are, are all around. There's a lot of coaches, and not
0: just on TikTok and Instagram, though. We just <laughs> I just want to be clear. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no,
3: <laughs> is, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so many coaches out there. Yeah. And we always try to help. That's why I'm just trying to get some tips get from the- you
0: for people who are like, I would love to find a mentor. I would love to find a coach. Yeah. We're what are some ideas on how to make sure that you're able to properly vet that out, yes. but also how did you go about Yes, so yours? it was absolutely through the referrals, through people
4: that had worked or experienced, um, you know, the, the coaching using this person as a resource or that there was an organization where coaching, so Vistage Group is a, you know, a, a worldwide organization and others that have had experience working with that group kinda is how I've navigated it. So I, I think that you mitigate a lot of expensive lessons when you can get others to help and to share their experiences or you know, the experiences that they have had that have been
3: instrumental and helpful. That's awesome. And just one other one last thing I want you to touch on. I know you've both been in this experience. You started your business with a partner. And a lot of entrepreneurs, when they set out to start new companies and stuff, they really they isolate. Yeah, a lot of us tend to do that and try to go it alone. Talk about that option of starting with a partner, and how do you know that you're in a good place with one? How do you find the right partner?
4: Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think there's one answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for for me, I had to really trust my instincts. Um, and this is someone that I've known for a while. So um, but I love the notion of having a business partner. I I, I miss not having a partner because, you know, it's lonely at the top. And it's really nice to be able to shoulder, um, you know, the weight of having a business and leading a business. Um, But I think it's it's like it's like a friend or a marriage partner or whatever I mean you've got to look at the the their life kind of do they have integrity I mean you have to know that you can trust that this person is gonna be there and do what they said that they were going to do when they said that they were going to do it Mm -hmm. and if you're seeing indications that that is not consistent yeah then you're you, you know I think you just have to
0: Everybody says what they'll do mm-hmm. until it's time to do it. Exactly, exactly, <laughs>
3: exactly. Uh, those are some anyway.
0: hard lessons.
3: Yeah, there's some very hard lessons, but the signs are there. The
4: signs are always mm-hmm. there. The and you just have to be there. willing to to see them and then to make a decision. W- what does Maya Angelou say when a person shows you who they are? You believe, have to them. believe them.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I think it really there. I, I mean, I think that's just a real truth. Right. with with a lot of things but this kind of partner this this is even more this is like a marriage mm-hmm. this is absolutely like a marriage
0: alright well wow. that's why it's important to set up that operating agreement yes, in the beginning absolutely. the way that you need to just, just in case
4: prenup
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright well Dawn again where can people find you so um,
4: www.fmtalent.com If you want to reach out to me for any insight, you can always reach out at contact underscore us at fmtalent.com. We're on all social media platforms
3: at fmtalent
4: source. And
3: uh, And you are Dawn.hendrix, H E N D R I C K S. Yep, Hendrix like the gin. <laughs> on Instagram and just uh posting some great stuff. We are so proud of you. Thank you. We Congratulations. Are so glad that you came Thank by you so today much for your you. insights and the, 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 you got me with the dance thing. I'm still not over that. <laughs> well, listen, let's never forget. Stacey was a professional figure skater. That's what she told me. Yeah. We were talking about Never about forget. That. As athletes know how to work hard. That's right. We <laughs> have, have a lot of work. A strong work. Yeah, you bring athlete. it. You bring yeah. it to everything that you do, which is exhausting. That's another show. <laughs> All right. We'll twirl Thank out of here that's now, right. guys. Okay.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Way up. To take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com/RTP.
5: any disease.